0: Hello and welcome to the Quarter 3 Podcast episode, holy shit 43, I'm one of your hosts Alex Derrickson, and joined this week as always by the hoop and the harm, Mr. Tim Daniel.
1: So, um, I know I work with you guys on a weekly basis, but I'm going to say, like LeBron, I also have never played for a super team.
0: <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Thanks! Thanks! <laughs> That, in a weird way, was kind of like a complimentary insult of some kind. I don't I don't know how to take that. And joining us to, with, also, every week, the My Team King, Sean Mackey.
2: What up? Episode 43, Chris Humphrey's edition. Oh! oh. Was Brad Doherty busy? <laughs> it must have been. Uh, we're going to have to
0: card car- dash that one from the records. And... As a special guest this week, because it is the mock draft edition of the Quarter Three Podcast, it is the amateur professional, it is the college hoops kingpin, Taylor Bergfeld. How y'all doing? Doing well, man. Thanks for thanks for thanks for coming on.
3: Okay, good. Thanks for having me on.
0: Oh, we couldn't do a college-based show without you. <laughs> I know. It's you. You watch far more college basketball, I'm pretty sure, than at least all of us combined. You've <laughs> very well could, I'm 100% certain, have forgotten more about college basketball than I'll ever know. So, yeah, I
3: mean, it's kind of keeping up with that and the recruiting. That's kind of how it ends. Now I'm in the dry baseball period where I forget about it until October.
0: That's that's a good way to be. And we've made it, guys. It's it. It's the end of the season. We're now an official office mode. For the second time in three years, the Golden State Warriors are your NBA champions. Tim is very unhappy, but I told you all motherfuckers it was going to end in five games.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, called. you
0: called that. I, I, said, I said it. We're going to see history repeat itself, but with a different ending.
1: For the record, Taylor called
3: that too. <laughs> you want like Warriors in five. He was like, I hate you. And I was, like, that was about it. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because you are That's because you're a smart gentleman, Taylor. Thank you. Yeah. So this is the Corner 3 Podcast. It does post each and every Friday on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. It is the conversational NBA podcast. And if you like it, you can go to corner 3net You can listen to all of, our, all of our other episodes for the rest of the season. Next week, just a bit of housekeeping before we get started, it is our NBA Draft Spectacular, where you will be able to listen on Friday to our reactions as they happen, pick by pick, just... Fucking team by team. It's going to be a mess. You're probably going to hear us eat some pizza. You're probably going to hear us drink some beers. And I'm probably going to slap my belly a few times into the microphone just because I can. And we have a lot of time to fill. But let's get back on topic here. The finals. Kevin Durant finally gets his ring. No thanks to, you know, the rest of the Warriors, of course, as as he joined the season. Fulfilling destiny fulfilling the prophecy if you will of, of golden state this season recapping or coming back from their 79 and three or 73 and nine season
3: <laughs> rather.
0: And, and this time this time finishing it off getting the job done tim as the biggest golden state warriors fan on the show how's how are you feeling about this
1: um first things first you got to give them props because they were outstanding um you know, all the, all the stupid things people said of no way it's going to work. So I was like, there's, no, there's one basketball, all that shit. None of that was true. They were awesome. Um, they earned it. Kevin Durant was possessed. He was unbelievable. Um, you can say what you want about his decision or jumping on ship. He, he may have done that, and I think he would've, it would have meant a lot more if he won a title in Oklahoma City, obviously. I think we can all agree with that. But I'm not going to take that away from him because he was unbelievable for five games. Even the game that they lost... He was still great in that game. He was the only one that was good in that game. That's why they lost. But he's the guy, man. Um, I still think, you know, we've talked before on here. We're, we didn't know who was better between him and Kawhi. I think this puts him back above Kawhi in my book for now. But next year when Chris Paul's playing with the Spurs, I'll, I'll put Kawhi up there again. <laughs>
0: uh, so how are you guys feeling? Let's talk, let's talk this out. Let's, let's it, just, it, this is our weekly you know, therapy.
2: You know, you know, I I have so much I want to unpack for this series. I just don't even have time for it. But uh, and you know, it's over. I am glad it's over. There's like this, like I, you know, as much as I love NBA basketball, there is a sigh of relief when those, when that, when that confetti falls. There is just a sign. It's just I am just like, oh God. All right, this part we can move on to the draft now, you know? Like, there's just, like, it's like this, you know? And I will say this. LeBron James has been the best player in the past, you know, at least three NBA Finals, okay? I mean, the year that they the year that they lost when they didn't have Irving and, and Love, I, I've said this before, I, I think he played his best basketball. He was completely possessed. But he was that way like pretty much this whole series I thought and uh you know I don't think he did anything wrong I don't I would not place any blame on him him and Kyrie are incredible they are incredible basketball players yeah um I don't I don't know if Kevin Love's going to be there next year <laughs> I, I really don't... I I just I I don't know like I feel like there's got to be some sort of scapegoat and they're going to have to find a way to get better <laughs> And you know, and let me tell you something. The Cavs played a good series, even though they lost in five. And the, the stuff that they they did in game four was historic, absolutely historic. It yeah. was incredible basketball they played. I've that was a team at their full p- peak potential. However, I don't think we even saw the Warriors at peak potential the entire series, and they still won in five. That's what's
0: scary. Yeah, well, that was kind of the thing I said, kind of heading into this too, was the Warriors basically took their foot off the gas, and for the for basically the duration of the regular season, because last year I think they learned you got to get the the goal of the season is to get to the playoffs, not to win the most games. You just want to get there, and Taylor to kind of bring you in on this. Do you think? Full tilt Warriors basketball uh solely in the postseason or, or was this something that we still have not seen the, the ceiling for this team?
3: I'm kinda of with you guys. I think they uh they played well obviously to win the title, but throughout I mean they didn't hit their obviously their peak like you guys said. I think the I think the fatigue from last year and like the worry like let's not play our best, like you said, in the regular season to let teams figure us out is what kinda of led them to the playoffs. They did look like they just cruised through it. I mean, when you go what, fourteen and one or or sixteen and one to win the title, it's not too bad of a thing, but uh, I think games one and two, the finals were weird for me. Like, they they cruised the victories, and I was like, okay, they might sweep. Then game three, they miraculously come back in the last three minutes, and it's like, wow, they're up 3 0. And the perception switched from like all the all the brain blame went to LeBron to like, wow, Katie and the Warriors are a bunch of girls, like they teamed up, they couldn't do this, like they teamed up just to beat LeBron rather than putting their blame on LeBron. So, I don't know if that's like a switch in the like the the perception against him, but when they, I mean. Game four, you guys said it best. Like, nothing – they could do nothing wrong. The Cavs could do nothing wrong in that game. So I was very – like, I was like, the Warriors played play a good game, but it's going five. And then they closed that at home just because I think they were too afraid to fall back into the 3-1 trap of last year.
1: I think what – Oh, most, sure. Uh, sorry. Um, I thought what was most impressive about the Warriors was, like, they kind of bought into – we talked about this a little bit with the Olympic teams this year. They kind of bought into that, like, FIBA play where everyone had a rule. Um, there was a couple games when Clay Thompson was just off with his shot. And then all of a sudden he went out there and he was awesome defensively. Uh, game one especially he was really you know he didn't have a shot at all. Draymond was strictly out there just to get rebounds and piss people off. It looked like and he did a good job of both. Um, and then the the most the hardest thing about all of this is we have to accept that Zaza Pachulia is now an NBA champion. Like that's that's the hard part about all of this.
3: <laughs> and McGee.
1: Right. Right.
0: <laughs> the the shot and a full MVP.
3: <laughs> I mean,
0: but at the same time, though, up until last season, uh, I always made the joke that LeBron had as many rings as DJ and Benga. So it, yeah. it takes it takes a village to win a championship, clearly. <laughs> but uh, so as we start gearing into the postseason here, you know, we, we've now seen. The Warriors there's a chance that, that roster could kind of, you know, explode a little bit, barring you know contract extensions and things like that, and certain players, you know, probably going out to earn their money. Because one of the reasons why that roster works is because a lot of those players are kind of coming in on you know, they're kind of looking ahead into the offseason and everything. What does if you're Cleveland, what do you do to try to make it the fourth finals in a row? of this matchup because we're assuming gold state's the favorites already for next year. If, if you're Cleveland knowing that a lot of the league is going to shore up, a lot of your conference is going to shore up to defeat you. And a lot of the league is going to shore up just in general. What do you feel Cleveland needs to do to, to repeat and then probably take to the next step?
1: Um, bench renovations is going to be the first one. Uh, you know, Richard Jefferson's 36 Kyle Corver's 36 Channing Fry is 34. I thought he should have played a little more in the finals. He only played a couple of games. Um, Darren Williams was really bad in the finals, like we mentioned, uh, last week's episode. So I think that's going to be a key, big key there. And, you know, you've talked off off the uh, air, Alex, about Tony Allen possibly going there. I think that would be a huge kid for them. A uh, really good defender, a guy who's shown he can guard Kevin Durant. So... And, and then, I love uh,
0: me some Tony Allen.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like you know, like I've mentioned, I think if you can replace Kyle Korver with J.J. Redick, you definitely get better. But I think he's going to try to go be a starter somewhere. Um, that's also a four-year age difference, so you get a few more years out of Redick. I know that I just completely said let's get like let's get younger, let's get younger. But I've mentioned before, I would not be against the idea of them bringing in Vince Carter. I think as far as like a bench guy to come off there, a veteran leader, a guy who could really have his chance to ride away for a title. Um, the is still there, like we saw all year, which is amazing. Taylor being a North Carolina fan, I'm sure that's near and dear to his heart. Um, <laughs> I'm all for a Vince Carter Cleveland Cavalier uh, union.
3: How do you feel about that, Taylor? No, uh, I mean if it gets him a ring, helps solidify his legacy. But I'm kind of like what Tim say uh, to, says. Uh, I do think they should get younger on the bench. I mean, like you, I mean, Darren Williams got exposed. Kyle Korver was brought to Cleveland to make big shots and he had a I mean he had a couple games in the finals where he hit some threes but you know game three where he's supposed to make the biggest three of the game wide open look doesn't make it you know it doesn't really look great when he's not producing for him um I really don't know honestly who they can like free agency wise who's going to come in when I take that mold of not starting because I think their starting lineups kind of solidified but Tony like you guys said Tony Allen and Vince Carter got to be better replacements to what they're having on the bench right now
0: and then Sean, you mentioned in passing the uh, the scapegoat, which is something we've kind of talked about through text and everything. And obviously the the hot button, you know, scapegoat for this is to put everything on LeBron. And regardless of his statistical, you know, basic, basically statistical anomaly of a performance uh, for those finals and everything, you mentioned Lo- the, the, the blame should kind of fall on Kevin Love being outperformed, you know, game in and game out, aside from maybe one or two games here and there. Who, if, and this is a question for all you guys, so just chime in, however, who would you, you know, dump love for, and who do you think should fill that gap?
1: Jimmy Butler. <laughs> no. <laughs> Never! <laughs>
2: Never! No. I mean, I think the popular choice right now uh, on the internet is Paul George. Um, and it's not a, it's not a bad choice. I mean, if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna go after uh, a guy who's gonna who's gonna help you score, uh, shoot the ball well. I mean, this is you're gonna have to outshoot the Warriors. You really are. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to match that offense. I don't know what they do. I don't know how much more. You know, I, on, let me reword this. I I don't know how much more Tristan Thompson can help them. You know, I, like I, I look at him, he had a, he didn't have like a fantastic series by any means, and uh, you know he's got kind of a bigger contract, but he has a very tradable contract, and I feel like them moving him might be easier than. Than getting rid of love. But because of the salary cap situation, I'm not really sure who he can be traded for or really anything. But one guy who I think would be kind of fun to put on that team and a guy who's over the last season, like, you know, added some serious range to his game is Brooke Lopez. Yeah.
1: Uh, him. I really want – I would really love to see them go after Jonathan Simmons because he's going to be a free agent from San Antonio. And he was awesome oh, let me, when they needed him.
2: Let me – let, let me tell you something. He's going to garner a huge contract, so there's no way he's going to Cleveland. <laughs> People will overvalue the shit out of Jonathan Simmons.
1: <laughs> he's, uh, he's this year's so, Bojanovic. Exactly! The Nets! <laughs> yes.
0: So, well, with that being said... What, well, what, go ahead.
1: What about the idea of trading Tristan Thompson for draft picks? You know, they have none in this draft.
0: Yeah, I mean, they, I definitely... Trading is definitely an avenue Cleveland could go down, even if it's like a sign, like say they work out a sign and trade deal where you know with going back to Paul George, you know Indiana or Indiana can re-sign Paul George and then they can dump him for love because I mean you make that contract situation kind of work however you can, but it's just for me I, I don't know if there is a team in the East with a starting five or even a comparable bench that you could you know, mishmash or mix and match together that could possibly take down just the star power of Golden State. Because regardless, and I, I go back to this a lot week in and week out with you know, roster continuity and everything, Golden State can reload their bench and they're going to all play the same way. True, like they, they fundamentally have a way of playing just the same way as, you know, you see how the Spurs can kind of you know, reload and lose a hall of famer, all time graded disposition like Tim Duncan. And there's like, Oh yeah, it's cool. We got LaMarcus Aldridge. Who's, and who's been garbage. I was trying to make a pun there. And I couldn't, there's, there's a little bit, of, there's a little bit of a rhyme in there. And I'm like, I can do that. And I can't, but uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, San Antonio still got some moves they need to make before that. It's all solidified, but it kind of seems like, the league itself and the way the game's getting played is changing. So I'm very excited heading into this offseason. I like the idea of Cleveland more focusing the bench towards perimeter and post D as opposed to scoring when you have a combo like Kyrie and LeBron. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you guys because I saw it just kind of you know at work today on TV. I walked by and they were asking, is Kyrie Irving the second coming slash possibly better than Allen Iverson? And I wanted to throw that out there because from a size standpoint and being able to do kind of more with less, absolutely not. But from a speed standpoint, a ball handling standpoint, I could kind of see where you'd make that argument. So I wanted to get the three of yours opinion on that.
1: Taylor, you want to knock this one out first?
3: Yeah, I mean, let's, let's go at it. Um, I'm going to say, oh, tough. I don't think he, I mean, he's the second coming of him, but I don't think he's better than him. Uh, I mean, it's kind of hard. AI took Eric Snow to the finals against Kobe, and, you know, AI balled out by himself. But, like you said, like Irving with the ball in his hands, like there's probably nobody faster in the league right now and able to create his own shot. Like, that's what AI did as well with his crossovers. Like, there's similarities to their games a lot. I'm still just not ready to give the nod to Irving right now over Iverson.
0: I, I think the other argument that I could make in, in Irving's favor is further out from the basket, he's a far better shooter. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah, he's
3: definitely...
0: Yeah, and I think that's kind of the the big leg-up he has, is he's got similar handles, but at the same time, though, he's a much more sizable person in his position.
1: Yeah, um, I think... I agree with that. I think that... um, I mean, they're both so fun to watch. I think if we get... That's one of those fantasy in their prime one-on-one matches we could get, I'd be ecstatic, but... I you know I'm with Taylor. I don't know if I'm ready to put him there. I do. I'm also with you, Alex. I think he's a far better shooter from the perimeter. Um, but AI was just filthy, and I will say I don't know if I've ever seen someone have better handles than Kyrie Irving, though.
3: But when you say Alex, when you say the better shooter, like I guess what runs through my mind is like defenders have to pick him up so much further from the basket. Which gives Irving a lot right. more space to craze on moves to get to the hole. When, like, Iverson, I'm not saying they sag off completely because he's an all star NBA point guard. He's going to knock sure. down different shots. But, you know, when you're not sagging off a little bit, it makes it a little bit easier to deny the paint and force him on the perimeter a little bit more.
0: Sure. And I mean, Iverson was able to use, you know, his ball control and everything, too, yeah. to get that much closer to the rim. Uh, and that's kind of where I feel like Iverson's like, yeah, he had the speed to kind of counteract his his diminutive stature. Whereas Irving has the height and the length and the ability to shoot, so yeah, creating that space is a lot different. Sean,
2: no, there's never going to be another AI. Let's just go ahead and put that out there right now. Well, no, that movie
0: tanked at the box office.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's actually a pretty great movie. Let's not. That's not <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it was bad. I said let's let's, I, let's, let's not shit on that movie. It's a good commercially, one.
0: commercially, okay.
2: commercially. It's terrible. All right, so. Um, yeah, I I think Kyrie I'm going to go ahead and say this. I think Kyrie Irving is the best scoring point guard in the NBA right now. Uh it, not not the best shooting point guard. You know, and 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 I will say that the the finishing around the rim that Kyrie has done over just the last few games was incredible. He was absolutely Incredible. He's one of the best um, finishers I've ever seen in the NBA. Um, he's got the tools. I mean, he's not completely undersized like AI was. So I mean he's he's got an advantage there over him, but I, I'm not gonna put him with AI right now. I can't. But I, I think he's going to end up, you know, if he you know, barring any injuries or anything, I think he's gonna be like an all time great. I
0: yeah, think I, I don't know. disagree there. He's he's far better than I thought he was going to be coming into the league.
3: Oh yeah, especially that when means- he only played eleven games in college.
2: Yeah, he right. didn't, even, didn't even play the tournament. Like like him coming in, like yeah. I was just like, uh eh, I don't know how I feel about this guy because I've barely watched him even play. But you know,
0: he was so close to being a Clipper. So close.
1: <laughs> Thank God he wasn't. So,
0: right? That that whole thing would be different. The whole landscape would be changed. Yep. Speaking of changing landscapes. Clippers, and AIs, we went through the scientific approach of plugging our four names into a computer to generate our makeshift draft lottery.
1: Yeah! <laughs> Which, ironically, is the same order of our first four picks from our fancy basketball draft, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Are you sure you didn't just refresh the page? You didn't I, just save it I as I favorites? Promise.
1: I promise.
0: <laughs> All right, so this is the Quarter 3 Mock Draft Spectacular, the week before the Draft Spectacular. Or like I said, it's going to be nuts. I can't wait. and we have a lot of time to fill.
1: It's going to but be spectacular. The, order,
0: the, the way this is going to work is the order of the selection based off our scientific approach of plugging our names into a computer and pressing go is it's going to go to Sean, Taylor, Tim, and then myself. We'll go team by team, pick by pick. Uh, once that player is selected, they are off the board. So if Sean wants Lonzo Ball and Taylor gets to him first... Sean can't draft Lonzo Ball. Who wants the draft Lonzo Ball, though? Let's be honest. Does anyone, does anyone want that Want that burden? Want that baggage? I'm just trying to, you know, get him to fall to me so I can stuff him somewhere else. <laughs> but, so, as we start, picking four of the Boston Celtics via the glorious Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett trade done with the Brooklyn Knicks, the swindle of the century, if you will, picking for Boston is Sean Mackey.
2: This is so tough. Gosh. Uh. uh, uh. All right, I'm going to go with Marco Fultz. Oh man, you uh,
0: thought so long for that. I know, I you know. You made was... so many sex
2: noises and then made I that... did. That's what it was. I was really just getting revved up about it cuz I was so excited. <laughs> um Fultz um names, they say. <laughs> Celtics are going to pick him. Celtics are going to pick him barring a trade. We're not going to discuss trades today, obviously, but uh, they're, going to, they're going to take him. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm still a little skeptical how he fits in with Isaiah Thomas, but he's the best player on the board. Bam! They got themselves a new shooting guard who's going to somehow play point guard at the same time.
3: Do you guys think the? Uh, I had to ask. Do you guys think Celtics are in a bad situation having to resign Thomas because they literally yep. have to? Because like, and I, yep. but I would. Like I think he's a declining point guard. I know we're like in the draft talk, but like ooh, he says how he's gonna ooh, play.
1: I, declining. I would not give first. I would not give a five nine guard forty million dollars.
0: It, it, it Definitely handcuffs them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I, I think yeah, they're going into this handcuffed but at the same time though. I don't think there's a more shrewd GM than Danny Ainge. True. Uh if there's if there's anyone that can just make shit good or as they say, chicken shit into chicken salad, I believe is is the old adage. Uh, it's him. I I don't know. Who, I mean, I could see him turning this pick into something completely spectacular, whether that's moving Isaiah Thomas for Fultz, or as I keep wanting them to do, is uh, just completely bend L.A. over the barrel and draft Lonzo Ball, and then be like, cool, yeah, we'll trade him for you for the number two pick and some of your other players. that 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 is what I want to have happen more so than anything. Uh, but moving in into the Lakers, Taylor,
3: who do you think I's uh, gonna pick? As much as I think about it, I mean, I would like to, like I'm a Lakers fan. I would like De'Aaron Fox to be a Laker, but I think that's just my window around Lonzo Ball being with his dad and how much how much we're going to see him on first take and undisputed. And after every game the Lakers lose, they're going to talk about Lonzo, not the team and the direction they're going in under coach Walton. But I mean, I think the Lakers, you got to take Lonzo ball and that's who I would take, but I think he's a far better shooter than De'Aaron. Obviously. I mean, even though De'Aaron balled out in the tournament, I still think, um, Lonzo is going to be able to you know, help the offense with Ingram and Randall and Jordan Clarkson. I do think if they uh, draft Lonzo, that means the D'Angelo uh, Russell era is kind of over in L.A. I don't think they both can play together. But I don't know if that means trading. Um, because I think if the Lakers do get Paul George, Russell and Randall are going to have to be a part of the trade for Indy to do it.
1: Yeah, I agree.
3: Sure. Now, while we're on the topic of Lonzo Ball, I
0: had, I had an epiphany of sorts because I, yeah. I like to have these weird-ass harebrained ideas. Uh, Lonzo or more so Lonzo's dad, uh, is, has been the biggest proponent of, of his son playing in LA, uh, LA has got the huge market. I mean, they're the second high, like the highest, second highest market team or first highest market team in, in the NBA where, I mean, he's going to go there and, and he is going to be just a marketing star basically. Is that a smart idea? And I'm starting to think, would it make more sense, and I understand why he wants to go to L.A., but I feel like it would make more sense for him to hope to fall to, like, a Phoenix or, like, a an Orlando of sorts of some kind where there's going to be less pressure on him as a, the whole city kind of looking at him as, as the savior. Uh, do you, Do you think going to, or demanding, really, more so, to go to a large market team like L.A., is going to inevitably hurt his career or hinder his ability to succeed.
3: Um, I mean, I think the further he gets away from his dad is probably the better. If that means Philly, Orlando, and everything, but like you said, he's in there to bring tickets. Like him going to LA, that's I mean, that's going to boost every, everything up for them. But I think he's going to be fine. I really think he's going to be a good NBA player if he can get away with his no his dad's antics i don't know if you guys saw the footlocker ad today yes but like him great. embracing that is like i mean that, it kind of shows the lighter side of him and how but throughout all the interviews with lavar and uh lonzo like i've always thought lonzo kind of just gets his dad's thing like there's nobody self-promoting as much as an idiot as he is like he's self-promoting <laughs> his brand and his son better than anybody else in the draft or probably anybody in the league right now other than like the major stars but i think him going to the lakers is i mean it's I think he'll be fine. I think he's going to have a lot of scrutiny early, like, every game. He'll be the most scrutinized rookie of this class, like, even if he's not even the best player. It turns out to be the best player. I mean, I just think him going down to L.A. is going to have to teach him to grow up a lot faster than some of these other rookies. All
0: right, well, picking for the Sixers.
1: Man, so... Honestly, I think that if there's any team that's in the best shape in this, in this, where we are right now, it is the Sixers because after you know one and two, you basically have the pick of the litter. Um, there's so many good talents in this draft. This draft class compared to last year, is so much better already. Um, this is a tough pick because I, you know, the game plan like we've heard all along has been that Ben Simmons will be their head, their lead ball handler, and they're gonna try to get a score to go next with him, whether that be you know a Josh Jackson or a Malik Monk. Um, I'll tell you what though, guys, as far as the best shooter in the, in this area right now, I have to say it as much as I would love to put De'Aaron Fox here and have him, Simmons and Embiid be there, be the next Philly big three. I'm going to go with Malik Monk here. I think the scoring is going to be so big for Philly. If they could get him, you can put him out there. You can shoot from the perimeter, which is something Philly has really lacked. And you have that group of Simmons, Monk, Dario Sarge and Embiid. And if you, if those guys grow together and you keep that group together for a few years, that could grow into something really special in Philly.
0: I like that. It's kind. Of, I, I think it's. I don't know if it's. I don't know if I feel like that might be a little high for him. I'm not sure.
2: It's a uh, little high, but it fits. It fits. Yeah. the Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, looking at looking at Phoenix here, I'm gonna go with a uh, uh, Jonathan Isaac.
1: Okay, Jonathan Isaac. Just,
0: okay. I think Phoenix is a team that's probably a coach away. And a handful <laughs> of other players. <laughs> but uh
2: Well I think Eric
0: is ahead. getting
1: traded too. That's happening.
0: Sure.
2: Yeah, that's gonna happen.
0: I uh I think in the in the long run though, uh I know like Josh Jackson's there, you've got like, you know, Jason Tatum's a name that gets tossed around, Darren Fox gets tossed around, but there's a lot of you know, I think there's a lot of steps, like like Tim said, there's the pick of a litter. And I think at any at basically after the first two, any pick is gonna be a good pick for like the next like through the one through ten. Uh, but I like Jonathan Isaac and Phoenix.
3: So you're ending the UK guards to the Suns draft era?
2: Someone has to, and it might as well be <laughs> assholes. <so. laughs> you, you know, you know that's really not how it's going to go down, right? They're going to draft a UK player. It's going it's be to Fox. Yeah. <laughs> it's be Fox. Yeah, it's going to be Fox. Yeah. This but... is
0: all just inevitably to answer the: Can a UK team beat an NBA team once they get Calipari to coach for them? <laughs>
2: <laughs> but don't, don't, but don't you just just a quick quick one? Don't you think that? that John, you know potentially drafting Jonathan Isaac might might hurt Marquise Chris who had had an okay first season yeah but I mean
0: Isaac he's 6'10 he can run the three or the four so I think you can kind of compliment everybody and
1: I just I'm I mean they, just... They, have,
2: they have no identity anyway so right right, right. their identity and... is
1: Devin Booker goes shoot 70 points
2: that's right. right. Celebrate after a loss.
0: <laughs> and I, I think it, by by the time it's all said and done, the Western Conference is basically building teams to try and beat Golden State. Yeah. Uh, I, I have affectionately referred to Golden State as the final boss of the NBA. And I, I think that's that's what you have to do, is you've got to, you know, just fucking grind and grind and grind until you just get the roster that beats
1: them. <laughs> Should so we be on to five?
2: Yeah, We're Sacramento, on five. one of their first Thank two, two the picks. Kings. Oh, man. So,
3: you...
2: And Vladi we trust. <laughs> and, and, and Vladi we trust. I think if if it was up to him, he would just see if there was a, a clone of Buddy Healed to draft. <laughs> I was going to say that.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Where's there another Buddy?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> uh, <laughs>
3: I don't know if that was Borat or Vladdy Dvog.
2: So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was perfect or racist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so enough with the jokes. Um, uh, We're back for the Kings. <laughs> 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 ah, my favorite team. Okay, um, since uh, since Rudy Gay is leaving, and uh, I'm doing, I would have probably done this had I had the second, third, or fourth pick in this draft. Uh, I'm going to go with Josh Jackson who I think is actually the second best player in the draft. And I think he's probably the most, you know, besides Fultz, probably the most gifted scorer. He's got range. Uh, I don't know if he helps this team at all, because they're in also in a bit of an identity crisis when Buddy Heald's your dude. And I don't know if Buddy Heal's really your dude, but... Um. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna go with. I don't know who's gonna be playing point guard there next year. You know, it's uh, they're a complete mess. I think they should just move back to Cincinnati and become the Royals again, and have someone else run the team.
1: I agree. Yeah, with like you. me. I
0: I'd, I'd be okay with that as a, yeah. as a as a as a Cincinnatian and Cincinnati. as a series of yeah. I, I could go with that. It's a shame that the city just doesn't give a shit. <laughs>
2: I, mean, I know, and where are they gonna Sacramento board? does, and they have a shitty team. Like yeah, I feel but... bad; they have such great fans, and, and and I went off about this like a bunch this season. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing at all.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I'm just gonna kind of tangentially go back, just because I, I want to talk shit about Cincinnati for a second. Uh, if you ever want a sign as to why Cincinnati doesn't deserve a basketball team, is I walked by U.S. Bank arena where a prospective professional basketball team would play, and I found a dead bird missing its head.
1: I was there. <laughs> I saw it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I think we're a ways off from from, <laughs> from deserving a basketball team if we can't even keep fucking beheaded ornithological creatures away from the arena. But,
1: so, so, on that note, Orlando...
0: Yes. Yeah. Magic. All right. See, well, if,
3: since I am exactly. So I'm drafting for the magic. If the draft plays out like we had it, I think the steal of the draft would be De'Aaron Fox going to the magic at six, just because Alfred Payton experience is not really working out. Um, even though they, he didn't have a lot to work with down there, I think De'Aaron Fox fits everything they need in the point guard. Um, I think teams in the East are just building for when LeBron and the Cavs stop their, reign, uh, their run and the Warriors. So Atlanta is a team who's way off of any future success. So I think drafting De'Aaron Fox, the guy who's getting better throughout the season, once he learns to shoot the ball um, on the outside, he will be, be a lot tougher to stop. But he's one of the quickest guards in the country. So I think he can come in and fill the Magic's need for a better point guard and, and relieve uh, Peyton for some of the roles he has.
0: Yeah, I definitely think it's time for Orlando to kind of say, "Hey, everything we've been doing isn't working." Yeah.
3: yeah. Well, well, Rob Rob
2: Hennigan is gone. So, so, so step one. Step right. one. That was the first step. <laughs> he was he was he was legitimately the worst GM in basketball. Oh yeah. Step two. Step two was erasing the whiteboard. <laughs> <Exactly.
1: Yeah. laughs> oh man, I I'm so happy I get to be tip I get to be Tibbs here. Uh, I thought. You- I'm excited for you. Yeah. Yeah. So so if you listened to when Taylor and I did our first college basketball preview show this year, we raved about this guy to the moon and back and how good he was going to be. And he was awesome for Sean Miller in Arizona. So putting him with Carl Anthony Towns and and, uh, Andrew Wiggins just solidifies a great, great front court. So I'm going to take Laurie Markin in here. I think as far as the... He kind of fits the mold. Not as good to know take it this way. He fits the mold of a Kristaps Porzingis, far stretching and shooting. Seven feet tall, plays good defense. Um, I am worried that he, at some point, he'll have foot problems. But I think he could definitely be a double-double guy in the NBA.
0: I like it. I was, I was, I was excited to see where you were going to go as as a Tibbs fan. Uh, now, I get the. just the fucking pleasure of picking for the New York Knicks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have two people in mind uh, keeping in mind that they are totally hamstrung by Carmelo Anthony's contract uh, by the fact that for the first time in his career, Derrick Rose is a free agent, and I hope to God New York is not interested in him, uh, and that he goes elsewhere because that's 100% okay. Uh, I really want Dennis Smith in New York,
2: yeah. Yes.
0: Yes. Uh, oh, yes. I think I think he will thrive there. I think he's a good. He's actually a player that is a good complement for Carmelo. Uh, worst case scenario, you get a Zach Collins from Gonzaga out of that to kind of replace Joe Kim Noah. But I really think if he is there at the eight spot, I don't know if you're New York how you pass on Dennis Smith
3: the uh, The crazy thing for me is like if you look at the point guards. I mean, we've we drafted four point guards already. I mean, Lonzo, Markel, Fultz, Darren Fox, and Dennis Smith Jr. Any of the previous five, five or six drafts, Dennis Smith's a top five pick, like a lot. Like he's considered the best point guard in this class, like which is ridiculous. I know he played at NC State and like they didn't make the tournament, didn't have a really great year, but this kid's a stud. Like I've always liked him in high school, and I I knew he. I mean, I'm not surprised he's a top ten pick, and I think he'd be great in New York too, like you said.
1: I think he right. really, he did a lot for his stock at the end of the regular season, and especially, like, the, the two or three games they played in the ACC tourney. He was really good, and that was a huge thing for them. And he shot up from workouts, too.
3: hmm
0: So, Sean, him for the for the Mavericks.
1: This is,
2: this is another team that's, like, in the middle of an identity crisis.
0: And, preparing uh, for life after Dirk.
2: Yeah, preparing for life after Dirk. Um, I'm going to go with Luke Kennard out of Duke, um, you mean Duke you Kennard? Know, Duke Kennard. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with him. Uh, he scored well last year, 19.5 points a game, five rebounds a game. Um, you know, Wesley Matthews had an okay season last year. He wasn't great. Um, you know, anything could happen. This guy could come off the bench or, you know, eventually he could start if, you know, Matthews gets hurt again. You know,
3: I, I, you know, I think they need another shooter. Right. and Then so, uh, the Kings. As much as I think they need a point guard, and I want to take the Frank Ntilinin uh, Ntilina, whatever he says his last name from <laughs> France. I'm going to go to a guy who's fell probably way better than he will on the actual draft night, being Jason Tatum. um I mean, I, like you said, we really don't know the Kings' starting lineup. They're going to have. We don't know who at point, but Buddy Heald and tyreek Evans can and Tatum can play the three or four like he did in college, and I think he's. I think he's really smooth i don't think he was showcased enough at duke i mean they had such a talented roster that he wasn't getting as many shots as probably he would have liked but the i mean I, he's one of the, he's a good scorer Keeps the ball above his head kind of like kevin Durant. he's gonna be hard to block um good in transition i think he's one of those teams like you give him a couple years get it get a little bit stronger put more weight on him he's gonna be like a brandon ingram type where he's gonna get a lot better throughout the years
1: I, I i love that pick i i think that tatum's an outstanding ball player and i think that uh you know, that was the group of... Everyone thought Harry Giles and him were going to be so standing together. And obviously, Harry Giles battled injuries. And he really stepped up in that role and did a great job. Uh-huh. So, so, me, at 11 with the Charlotte Hornets, Kemba Walker needs a running mate. Um, he needs someone that can really help him out and take some pressure off of him. I don't think there's a guy that's really helped his stock more post-college post, uh, season than Donovan Mitchell out of Louisville. Uh, I think he can come here. He can be that guy that can kind of stretch the court for him. Uh, Kemba can kind of have him be that driving dish uh, guy from the perimeter. He's kind of he's a three and D player. We are in the era of three and D, so I think Donovan Mitchell will be outstanding for Charlotte. And it doesn't hurt that you have the best shooting guard in the world watching over your shoulder at practice every day.
0: Okay. So uh, I'm just gonna make this real quick for Detroit. Uh, I'm just gonna say Zach Collins. I he's think there if he's if he's there, I just think you take him.
2: Uh. Put him alongside Drummond?
1: Well, that's Might the thing. Well. They're talking about Drummond being a big... He, Drummond's going to be a big trade bait this offseason.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he will.
0: I, I think it's another situation with Detroit with, like, where we're talking about with Orlando, We kind of just have to be like, hey, we've tried a lot of different things. A lot of different things aren't working. We've got to move some stuff around. I mean, Detroit has had off and on a series of really good players, kind of just a revolving door coming in and out. They've never had that lineup mesh. Uh... And they are far removed from their early two thousands glory days. So I think you get a dude like Zach Collins who can kind of bang down low. Who you know is that is a good size guy at at you know six eleven two thirty. Uh, if he's available, I say you take him, and use to start working back from the ground up.
1: I agree. So that puts Sean with... Sean on the
0: clock for the Nuggets. The Denver
1: Nuggets!
2: All right. (laughs) Interesting team. Jokic had a a fantastic season. He's a total stud. Unicorn, if you will. Um, Mm. I'm going to go ahead... Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, I'm gonna put a uh, a more traditional power forward next. I'm gonna put John Collins next to him not oh. Yeah, this guy averaged almost a double double this year. Uh, he's got great size, has almost seven. He has a seven foot wingspan. He's. Uh, I think he might be the kind of guy to take Kenneth Fareed's place. A guy who's going to maybe get some grit and grind rebounds. It's uh, going to help Jokic spread the floor. You need a guy that's like John Collins isn't a three point shooter, so somebody who's going to do some some you know you know nitty gritty work down low. And I, I think they could use him.
0: Are we all just dodging Frank Nalenka just so we don't have to do what I just did? <laughs> yeah.
2: No, no, it's it's not even that. I mean. I mean he's he's a he's a project. I mean he averaged five points a game <laughs> in the French league. So it's like <laughs> I, I can't I'm sorry, I just can't get excited by this guy at all. I've never I've never even heard of him until just now.
0: <laughs> oh Jesus. Alright. Taylor for the heat. That's, that's well a- I was
3: gonna pick I was gonna pick John Collins, um kinda replace the Chris Bosch role. Um, as a stretch forward guy is really physical, but um, he's obviously no longer there. Uh, I think kind of torn on this. Um, I see the need for a small forward because Justice Winslow isn't really panning out kind of as, as well as they have liked him to be, but I'm kind of taking a stretch here. I'm going to take Justin Patton from Creighton. I think he's um, he's seven feet tall. He can play along on right side. He's a good pick-and-pop guy from the free throw line in. He can shoot really – he's really physical on the rebounding and a good defender. Um, I think he can – pair alongside with Whiteside can help free little space for Deion Waiters and Drag if he turns back there next year. Um, I think he'd be a good pick for them.
1: Uh, yeah, I like that pick a lot. Yeah. That puts me at yeah. the Portland Trail Blazers at 15. So I think what we really saw with the Blazers this year was uh, no disrespect in any way to CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard. But other than that, that team sucked. Um, getting Nurkic was big for them and I really liked that Mm -hmm. a lot, but I think here they're going to go for some more athletic, lengthy guys that can really make some things happen for them and really help on that perimeter defense. Like we said, if this is all about beating the Warriors. So I think they're going to go with, um, OG Anabi from Indiana. He's got a 72 inch wingspan. His player efficiency rating last year was 24.1. He's 19. He's 680. He can play the three or the four. Uh, and I think him, Lilith McCollum could be a really, really good, really good uh one, two, three uh group.
3: I think the only reason he his stock is kind of as low as it is is that ACL injury. I think teams are kinda of wary of uh you know how how he's gonna come back from that. Yeah. But I um I mean I'm with you. He's he's a guy who can defend anybody on the court and he's I mean he's one of the most, he's one of the best athletes in college basketball last year. All right. Picking for the Bulls. Oh, oh. You ready?
2: Yep. Oh,
0: no. Solely, solely for selfish reasons. So when I watch them, I can hear Stacey King come up with all the nicknames and all the exclamations and everything else for everything this man does. Bam. I I knew you were going to do it.
2: I knew you were going to do it. I love
0: it. I love that pick.
1: I love that pick only because it is younger and more athletic. I was scared Which is why it's not gonna happen. Right. And, and, and they're gonna and, say and, Justin Jackson, not gonna be furious. No offense, Taylor.
3: <laughs> whoa, whoa.
1: Whoa.
2: <laughs> Bam. <laughs> whoa. Bam Bam is is he was he was a workhorse last year. I loved his game and he was he was incredible in the tournament. So I, I love that pick. I, I want it to happen.
0: Uh, we were joking before you got on and we started recording that regardless of who they pick, Garpax is going to say they were shocked that he was there.
2: Yep. Always, always. <laughs> Every year for the past five seasons. Marquee's especially team. with, Yeah. <laughs> so, Sean,
0: on the clock for the other Central Division team. we got three Central Division teams in a row.
2: Yo, man, what's well, going on with that? that?
0: It's because the Central Division team is the weakest, strongest league, or division in the NBA.
2: Yeah. So, so I'm picking for the Bucks at 17, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay, well, that's another interesting squad. Uh, Greg Monroe sucks, so, um... <laughs> he why doesn't not?
0: if he goes to San Antonio. I've proven
1: this on NBA 2K.
2: Okay, alright, well, besides your little fantasy you got going on...
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, Coming from the I'm guy gonna, that plays my team so much, I, <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna
2: take a, <laughs> I'm gonna take a shot here. This is a uh, a guy who's been hurt a lot, didn't play very well, but at the beginning, I think of, I want to say, two seasons ago, he was the projected number one draft pick for this season. I'm gonna go with Harry Giles, um, out of Duke. Try him out at, uh, you know. Maybe he helps them, maybe he doesn't. He adds some length, so uh why not, right? Yeah. I'm
3: sure. Just a why worse not? version of Bond Maker. <laughs> 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 yeah. But at least we <laughs> you
2: know how old Harry China is.
0: Exactly, <laughs>
3: yes, exactly. <laughs> I think mean, that came out on draft night and everybody was it, like, What the how is this guy? And, 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 but Thon Maker
2: wasn't terrible though. He wasn't as bad as every, I mean, he, he, he got better throughout the season. And like I said, Greg, Greg Monroe is not, he's not there to stay. So why not put another young guy in there?
3: Uh, Yeah, I don't, I don't hate it. And that makes me at 18 with the Indiana Pacers. And um, with the rumors, Paul George might be leaving everything that kind of shifts towards a, a small forward or another perimeter player. But I really like TJ Leaf at this pick. I think uh, Miles he- uh, Turner is a guy who commands a lot of attention in the paint, and Leaf's shown in throughout college that he can step out, hit a three, as well as he can dribble the ball on drive. Um, I think he's another one of those kind of. I know they wanted to revamp the offense and make him a run and gun team, run in gun team, and I think TJ Leaf can help fix that. I mean, he's six ten, um, freshman from UCLA. He can shoot. Like I said, he's a good rebounder too. I think he can come in uh, um, alongside Turner. And give him a better little bit defensive presence, along with be a little bit better uh, viable option on offense for him.
1: Yeah, no, uh, I, I agree with that completely.
0: And I definitely think with, with the Pacers kind of in flux right now, too, it that's definitely a good starting point for them to kind of come back around.
1: And then uh, me with Atlanta here, I think that uh, we obviously know they're going to try to shop Dwight because it did not work out. Um, But he is far from the only problem on that team. Dennis Schroeder, I I don't have much confidence in. I've expressed that on this show before. But I'm going to ignore that for the moment because I think that if Jared Allen drops this far to the Hawks, like we have it right now, there is no way, shape, or form you can't take him here. Mm. Um, I think that he, I mean, he was the best player on Texas' team last year. Shaka Smart really found great ways to use him to show what he can do. Uh, He's a really good rebounder. And I know, you know, when you look at these college numbers, it's 13-8, and uh, really are probably going to translate with more minutes to being a double-double guy, and I think he could really help in bringing that land to that next spot, wherever the hell they're going to do, because they're that Eastern Conference always playoff team, right? And I think he's going to keep that tradition rolling.
0: Uh, Looking at Portland, uh, uh, truth be told, if we're in the interest of full disclosure here, I've Pretty much exhausted my entire knowledge of this basketball season for college. <laughs> uh, so you and me both, brother. <laughs> this is kind of a drawing a name out of a hat and looking at what teams I'm looking, at, like what team I'm drafting for, and then what names are left on the NBA draft.net draft board here, and trying to fill some holes uh, for Portland. We've talked about it how they've got Lillard, they've got McCollum. That's clearly not enough. I don't know if it's going to be a situation where we might see Portland move up to try to get a shooting guard maybe not early in the draft and maybe even in free agency put McCollum in more of a bench roll off of a six-man kind of like Ben Gordon kind of style thing. But uh, I say fuck it. Take a chance at Terrence Ferguson. I agree. Uh, I mean, he's not like strong, but he's a long dude. He's athletic. Uh, I think he's a guy that you could, worst-case scenario, you stuff him at the ninth, 10th spot on your bench. Uh, and plus this deep in the draft, you're not really at number 20. It's pretty much like low
3: risk at this point. He was a, he was a top 10 recruit and he went to, uh, he originally committed to Arizona and, and when he kind of went to that, I forget what school, it some prep school in Texas and something with the transcripts weren't really adding up and a lot of colleges backed off of him. So when all that news came out, he went to, um, Australia to play in the professional league but like I think if he went to Arizona and would have showcased what he really has like he would have been I don't think he would be here this, this position he's I mean he's the real deal he's a good perimeter threat like I said he's a freak athlete I think you know like you said Portland can draft him that'd be a steal just because the potential alone he should be higher up if he would have played in college that's why we brought you on here Taylor <laughs> 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 see, I'm filling in, filling in, guys. You don't know, I'll just be exactly, like I'll exactly.
0: Wait, there's wait, a lot of there's a lot of holes in this leaky ass <laughs> ship I'm sailing in right now.
2: <laughs> All right, am I up
1: again? You are
2: up? OKC okay, got OKC. Okay, well, just because we're running out of players and uh, <laughs> did, uh... <laughs> and uh, did, did we did we did we draft Frank? We did not. Okay, he's right. going there because uh, <laughs> they can afford to take a chance, and Russell Westbrook's the MVP, so he can uh, he can be like a third string if he sucks, and if not, maybe he's great. And uh, I'm pretty sure he'll be taken probably way higher because every mock draft has him in the top ten, except for ours because we don't we're not familiar with him, nor can we pronounce his last name probably right. So so we're going I'm gonna go with uh, with old Frank. He's gonna be going <laughs> to. <laughs> <laughs> We're so familiar with him on a first name basis. Yes, yes, yes. Frankie in. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I That's guess. To the net. And I really don't want to draft this pick because I love Justin Jackson as a player. And I feel like if he goes there, we'll never hear from him again. So <laughs> I'm not going to take him because I don't want that to happen. Um, so I'm going to go Ike Anubi from UCLA uh, Center. Like you guys said, Brook Lopez could be on his way out. Um, a lot of teams are in a revamp mode, Brooklyn being one of those who just needs to implode and start completely from scratch. So why not take an 18-year-old center who showed he's a great defensive player and try to work something out with the offensive end and get him to be a little bit better and be Brook Lopez's replacement.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I feel like anything
0: Brooklyn will do is both good and awful.
1: Yeah, yeah. it is. It definitely is. So that brings me to the Toronto Raptors, who we know what they're always going to do. If it's not a top college scorer, it is a foreign big man. So with that being said, I will go with Anzeus Pusinkis, uh, because he's, he's old, and Toronto doesn't care about age. Um, he's 22, which is always a bad sign for a draft prospect. What's up, Denzel Valentine? Um, <laughs> so, And I think that they don't know how much more they're going to get out of Valanchunas, so why not?
0: I like that. I like I like just the thought process there, of just the why not?
2: Why not? <laughs> because that,
0: that's pretty much after like pick eighteen where I'm at with the draft, and I'm like fuck it. <laughs> uh, so looking at at my precious jazz here. Uh, which, by the way, I, I have a Utah Jazz debit card, and I, I bought a pizza. And the guy was like, you're from Utah? And I'm
2: like, <laughs> no,
0: I have no justification for this existence.
2: You know, that, that's funny, because during the Bulls three-peat, I used to walk around, you know, this neighborhood in a gigantic Utah Jazz starter coat. Why not? <laughs> because, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: I mean, you've got to... Re- Think about the risk of, of Gordon Hayward leaving. And when you're picking 24th and 30th, nothing you're going to do is going to fill that gap. Uh, so I'm going to go basically best player available at the 2 3 spot, and that's Wesley Owundu from Kansas State. Uh, he on NBADraft.net, they have him labeled as a Kent Bracemore kind of type, which doesn't do them any favors. But again, when you're this deep into the first round, uh, I think their biggest concern. Is securing Hayward long-term than it is who they're drafting?
1: Yeah, I agree. Except Sean, the, the magic again? A uh, magic again?
2: Gosh! And this is another train wreck, man. I just like I feel like anything they do is going to be probably wrong. But uh, I'm just going to go out on a limb because I've my my uh, sea of of talent here has dwindled into uh, the obscure. So I'm gonna go with uh, Derek White out of Colorado. Senior, he is a point guard and uh, shooting guard combo who could, uh, you know, they need help. So we'll, we'll just go with him and his easy. His name was really easy to pronounce. <laughs> 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 we are uh, the shittiest mock draft. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say this: we are strictly NBA guys. Thank you so much, Taylor, for being Killing.
3: here. <laughs> Killing me. You just had is... a first-team All-American in Justin Jackson get drafted after a point guard in the, whatever. Where's Colorado play? The Pac-12. I've never even heard of him. <laughs> I've never heard of it. We, 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 he we were drafted. saving him for you. <laughs> exactly. Okay, where am I at? The twenty-six. the Portland Trail Blazers. We're taking yeah. Justin Jackson from <laughs> North Carolina. Uh, be, this a is a what good, 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 you know you can can play alongside. <laughs> there we go, like Tim and you guys have said, um Portland doesn't really have help other than Lillard and McCollum, um, you know, they have Noah von Leigh, who kind of plays the three and the four Evan Turner, but he's kind of digressing as lately. I think Jackson can honestly come in there and fill a spot for him he's a good perimeter shooter, he drives um great defender kind of doesn't get mentioned a lot um, I think he can come in and play alongside Lillard and McCollum as the team kind of continues to build to beat the Warriors. Yeah.
0: I swear to God, someone's going to listen to this and they're going to throw their radio out of their window. Just like, God damn it, Justin Jackson's not picked yet! <laughs> he's not going to get a chance to hear that he lands. It's going to be a guy in Oregon, and he's going to just not even get a chance to hear of this great steal we've presented on a platter for them.
1: Well, this, is, this,
0: is, why, this is why these fucking mock drafts only go to the lottery, by the way.
1: Yeah. As they should. So. That brings me to Brooklyn again at 27. I didn't know they had two picks this year. Way to go, Brooklyn. They could have been lottery picks, but they're not. Uh, uh, do you think if
0: Brooklyn fans had to pick their favorite player, that would be like, hey, pick your favorite player. Like, we can't. We
3: traded all of our picks. Dude. They all love Markel Fultz.
1: <laughs> I was to say, their best player this year for the most for like part of the season was Sean Kilpatrick, if that tells you anything about their team.
0: Mm, it tells so, me too
1: much. Right. So that being said um i'm gonna take dj wilson from michigan here uh power forward they need to get a lot of things but size is definitely on that list and he's a guy that can shoot uh he's athletic um and he fits brooklyn's uh stature of in a couple years he'll be playing six minutes a game or <laughs> starting yeah he'll be in the uh, g league next year i'm sure
0: Oh yeah, that's that's where I think a lot of these are headed. Uh, I mean, in our in our phantom zone here, where this draft happens, uh, <laughs> the Lakers have gotten their man with Lonzo Ball. So I'm going Jonathan Motley out of Baylor uh, because, like, in in the Sean Mackey style of, of picking, why not? <laughs> and uh, he's nine foot three standing reach and seven foot three and a half wingspan. That sounds like a dude that you take a chance on at the twenty eighth pick in the draft, Sean.
2: Well, see, Sean. I, Sean Spurs. Here's here's the thing about the Spurs. The Spurs always draft someone really well. They always get someone who who just slides right into their system. So I don't want to pick the wrong guy for him. You know, like <laughs> I just like I I don't like that this is falling on me right now. But uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm going to go with a a, a guy out of Utah, Kyle Kuzma. Power forward out of Utah. 16.3 points a game, nine rebounds. Man, they like rebounds in San Antonio.
0: (laughs) Almost (laughs) as much as they love (laughs) (laughs) Tex-Mex.
3: Oh, God. (laughs) And that leaves me with the number what? Number 30? Yeah. The The final one. All right, I will go um, with this coffin. Ivan Rab from Cal. Last year could have been a lottery pick, um, but decided to come back for his sophomore year. And as often we see, sometimes that actually hurts players. I think he can come in and kind of fill the Derek Favors role. I'm not saying anything was wrong with Favors, but um, you get a guy who can kind of shoot from mid-range, and he's a really good rebounder. He averaged 14 and 10 at uh, Cal, 13 that really wasn't the best. Um, I think he can come in and give the Jazz some quality minutes. And, I mean, at this pick in the draft, it's kind of a good deal. And now yeah. for the second round. Let's go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus,
1: to, God, be,
2: be, no. Be, 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 before we end this, I do want to discuss a rumor that came out today. A little, a little okay. draft rumor that was broke by a a Phoenix beat writer that Josh Jackson has a guarantee
3: from one of the top three teams drafting. Not First this of one. All, <laughs> Rocket was the Lakers. But here's my thing. Like, you look at two years ago when Russell – or when well, – what's his name? Who went first in that draft? Uh, ben Simmons? No, yes, not Ben Simmons. Yes. Uh, with – yeah, D'Angelo. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, D'Angelo went one and then Ben um, – No, that no, was one. Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo. Yeah. God, I'm all mess. But everybody thought it was a lock-in that it was Towns, then Okafor, and then Russell going to the 76ers. And I remember draft night, I was like, God, they're going to take Okafor, and I do not want him. And then all of a sudden they draft D'Angelo, and I was pumped, like – I'm not saying it's above the Lakers to do something like that, but I mean, I I don't know. I mean, Josh Jackson kind of fits the mold better than Lonzo Ball for the Lakers. But is it a ticket Josh, sale? Is the media wanting Lonzo there? It's Josh
2: Jackson seems like an immediate talent, though, like a guy who's going to come in and score points, and yeah. you know, and he and the dude can shoot. Like he can shoot the lights yeah. out. He can shoot NBA range. Like I, I don't know. Like I is I mean I know they have Brandon Ingram there. Okay, now he didn't quite pan out this last season in his rookie year, but Lakers were kind of a mess. But yeah. uh if they draft him I mean, if they draft Lonzo Ball and he's not very good, and they get rid of D'Angelo Russell, who I think is not a bad point guard. He just he just needs to kinda settle down a little bit. So, I mean, like, if, if you keep him You know, and then you throw Josh Jackson and then later on figure out, you know, what you want to do with Brandon Ingram. I don't think it's a bad move for them.
3: No, not at all. I think think he fits a lot better than Lonzo, but...
0: Well, we'll find out next week. I will be bringing our mock draft. I wrote down every single one of our first-round picks. I'll be bringing this with me to our NBA draft spectacular next week. Uh, Yes. So... Look forward to that. That will be great grading us on accuracy where I am for sure we will get an F. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Especially towards the bottom.
0: Oh, yeah. my God. Ex- At-
2: exclusively towards the bottom.
0: After
3: the first two picks, we're done. When Justin Jackson gets taken taken 13th or 14th, I'm just going to stand up and start clapping.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: you're coming He's with us, going right? going to
1: Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs>
0: This has been the Corner Three Podcast episode forty-three. And if this were the Trojan War, this was the arrow through all of our Achilles tendons. It does post every single Friday on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And if you like it, you can go to the Corner 3.net slash podcast, listen to all the other episodes we've done throughout the season. And if you're feeling extra generous, click that little subscribe button up in the corner that you see, whatever podcast service that you use. Taylor, thank you for saving us.
3: Thanks for having me on. <laughs>
0: uh, so we will, uh, we will reconvene next week for the Draft Spectacular. Gentlemen, you have a great evening, and as always, hail Hayward.